0: Thank <music> you. Welcome to Alphabet Flat and Psychopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. Where we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse, and with me today is Patch. Hello, hi. How are you? So, uh, Patch is a new person. So it's true.
1: I just got here.
0: Yeah, and I because I forgot again a very key aspect of how I set the show up after two months of not recording to pull stuff up. So I'm just gonna ask what's your experience with, like, Marvel stuff?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, it's... So the first comic I can remember reading is the Spider-Man newspaper dailies, and I guess I wasn't reading them so much as having them read to me, and everyone hated it, because I would make them do that, and it was just the same three panels every day. (laughs) But beyond that, I've been reading comics pretty regularly since I was ten or so. I tend to stick to the more kiddy stuff. I love the uh the Miss Marvels and the Squirrel Girls of the world, but
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of the all ages stuff is actually uh they, they they do pretty good on this. Um yeah, I pretty much learned how to read with Marvel comics and my uh my great grandfather was one of those folks who uh got into comics when he was a kid and uh I lost, uh, my, my goddamn mom lost his, I'm not, I shit you not, really, really expensive comics. Oh, no. <laughs> I had some early, I had some early Captain America in the 40s Captain America, too. Yeah, and uh, there is, uh, he was a real big fa- fan of the Silver Surfer. And stuff. He stopped collecting comics around the eighties, but like he really loved like the Jack and uh, Jack and Kirby stuff. And oh,
1: that is painful to hear. <laughs>
0: Jack Kirby stuff. Yeah. No, I'm upset at her. Also, I had like a really like old edition of Alice in Wonderland with like. <sighs> but whatever. But yeah. But I learned how to read like from Marvel, and it's been a big part of my life. So that's why I have over six hundred episodes. So I have over six hundred episodes of this. Podcast. Of <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but today, we're gonna be talking about, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, pre- pretty creepy character, Nanny. Do you know who okay. Nanny is? No. Is that... Hmm. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> well, if you were to create a character named Nanny, who would you make?
1: Um, hmm. I guess it would... I'm thinking like a robot thing, like uh, a, an evil daycare robot that steals
0: kids. You're not that off. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is Nanny. Oh, okay. And what what, like, what uh, they look person?
1: like?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's an egg robot. All right. Well, it, well, it's not a robot. There's a person inside of it. But oh, yeah. It? Okay. <laughs> and let me tell you. Very creepy. Um, So, Nanny uh, is... Real name is unrevealed. The uh, occupation is scientist. Uh, Identity is secret, but known to the right. And that's the right with a capital R. And the right was the anti-mutant organization led by Cameron Hodge.
1: You know, I like that in the Marvel Universe, you can just be a generic scientist with no qualifiers.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. To be fair... There was a thing for a while where you could just be a scientist. Like, you were just, like, a you were, like, the GP of, like, science and stuff. Um, There is a, there was one, like, I think the last one, like, that was just a scientist that was on, like, a, like, major discovery was, like, in the 60s, I want to say. Like, he's still alive right now. I know that. Um, but yeah, generally you don't have just scientists. So, like, it technically was a thing. It was kind of like, uh, like back in the day, like, you could just be a scientist and be kind of like a gentleman explorer. You just had enough money and resources. Like, they were basically like the f around and find out people, you know? Which is all scientists, by the way. Ah. So. (laughs) so. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah. But yeah, you could technically just be a scientist. Not this type of scientist though, because this is a bad one. This is a bad person. Um They do look like an egg though. What you know what? That'd be really it'd be really easy to make an egg actually look like nanny. Just
1: gotta get some little uh Mr. Potato Head shoes and
0: <laughs> But yeah, so place so other aliases uh, is an unknown, place of birth, mural status is unrevealed, no other known relatives was a former member of the right now ally of the Orphan Maker. We'll get to Orphan Maker later. (laughs) Um, Not
1: too long from now. It's just the O's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, So they first appeared, and it was voice only, but they first appeared in X Factor issue number 30, Kiss of Death in July 1988.
1: I'm a little surprised by that. I mean, '88 seems late in comics history to be introducing an egg robot.
0: <laughs> no, '88. So weirdly enough, uh, like almost a lot of the X-Men stuff that people think of came around in the late '80s.
1: Oh, I do not like this cover at all.
0: <laughs> no. So this cover. First off, I I love. I love the liberal use of pinks and purples and stuff in the '80s comics, and that X Factor looks good. Now you have <laughs> a horrifying thing there. Uh, how do we describe this? So well, you have it's a police officer. Yeah, it's a mutant police. So we have this horrific creature um, who a perfectly looks like ordinary police officer. <laughs> okay. Do you know Twisted Metal? Yes, yes, I sure do. Okay. So, uh, sweet tooth from that, but like a little bit more uh, type <laughs> without the makeup. Sweet tooth without the makeup? Uh I guess would be the right word. I don't know. Maybe. That's what it brings to mind. But we have a red-headed police person with uh, just a horrifying countenance with a, a police cap that says mutant police and we have what looks like Beast and uh Beast before he turned himself blue again. Before he like face dived in front of uh, Infectia about to kiss uh, Iceman, like he face dived, be like, no, I'll take that. And then he turned <laughs> into like a blue furry person again. Um, and then you have, uh, and like they're just, they look like the earrings. It's, let me tell you, it's a, it's a cover. Um, Walt, And of course it's uh, Walter Simonson because this is when uh, Louise Simonson was uh, writing X Factor and Walt Simonson. I'm guessing in the same office, maybe even behind her, because they're married. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, did a lot, did a lot of covers for it, and I uh, turns out, you know, they're just a comic royalty, like for, like royalty uh, couple.
1: <sighs> you never hear about the Simonsons as much. I wonder
0: why. Ah, they were a bigger deal in the '80s. Like, I don't know. Uh, well, I know why. It's the kind of. Well, I don't want to get too much into it, but the 90s happened, and like, I'm not going to throw, I'm not going to th- really throw any shade on Jim Lee or uh, Rob Liefeld because they worked for Marvel for like less than two years and they changed the entire comic book industry. They are titans in their own, in their own means. Sure. Do I like, do I like Rob Liefeld's, all of his art? No. <laughs> but but like the fact that he was able to like single handedly like change the way the comic book industry was like pr- pretty impressive. Like I can respect that. <laughs> also also he seems like a like a pretty decent guy too. Like he's unfortunately he's not like one of my favorite writer. Well, ex former uh, ex favorite writers like fucking Warren Ellis. I'm f- <laughs> so upset about Warren Ellis. Yeah. I'm so upset. Like i'm very upset about word ellis yeah no
1: that's a good if, one to be upset about
0: if donny cates turns out to be a fucking creep i'm gonna just i'm gonna eat myself off a building like i can't donny cate no donny mm, i see the thing donny cates is turning into like one of the like biggest wife guys ever though so like <laughs> i don't know he eh, i don't know Donnie cates better not be a creep
1: yeah, I don't know what Marvel would do without him these days. He took their universe and filled it with slime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Donny Cate... Well, well, I don't think they'd be able to do without Donny Cates, because they still have Duggan and Aaron and... Uh, but Cates is, I think, the best out of all of them. Al Ewing, Eve Ewing, Trini Howard... Let's just say it was great that Bendis left Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, Leah Williams... Like, half of the, half of the uh, X-Men books are written by very chaotically disastrous spies right now, so it's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that being said, let's actually, talking about an X-Men title. Um, it's my bad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a good cover Walt Simonson. Guess what? The cyborg known as Nanny was originally a scientist and inventor who made major advancements in the development of cyborg technology. She was employed by an organization known as The Right, but unaware of the purposes which The Right turned turned her work. In which The Right turned her work? What? Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> eventually, she learned that The Right was utilizing a technology to destroy superhuman mutants. Being a mutant herself, she was furious and tried to halt the misuse of her work. The Right, however, returned captured her and imprisoned her within an egg-shaped cyborg battlesuit which she had herself designed. In this manner, they hoped to force her to work for them permanently. Apparently, her sanity was somewhat damaged by the shock of what happened to her. I wonder why. I wonder why anyone (laughs) would be, I don't know, psychologically damaged by being enslaved, by being put into a robot suit you made.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great plan on the bad guys' part, though, right? You let your scientists build a super suit and then put them in the super suit?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> nanny finally escaped from the right which then attempted to destroy her but failed nanny had since dedicated herself to saving young mutants from exploitation from evildoers however the methods that nanny had chosen to use themselves were morally questionable we're gonna get to that it's let me tell you really questionable uh she goes around with someone called orphan maker oh hmm. i wonder who pilots that battle suit. <laughs> yeah. Uh so Peter was the first of Nanny's lost boys. The first of many mutant children she rescued. Uh Peter had became her assistant in the armored guise of the Orphan Maker. Oh, I uh I skipped a paragraph, but basically Mr. Sinister was uh Mr Sinister had a kid named Peter, and she Well he didn't well sorry. He didn't have a kid. He stole a kid named Peter. And was just like, yo, I can't really do much with this kid. They're too uncontrollable. And then Nanny, and then Nanny was just like, yo, this is my kid now. I'm going to put him in a battle suit. Um, Together, Nanny and the Orphan Maker seeked out children that were s- s- who were superhuman mutants and rescued them so they would never be harmed, placed in danger, or exploited. In some cases, Nanny had rescued children from true menaces, such as Mr. Sinister. But in other cases, she merely spirited children off from their harmless parents, uh, whom the Orphan Maker then killed. Very literal oh, name. Yeah, no truth in advertising. Yeah. Thereby making the rescued children an orphan. You didn't have to say that, book. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Okay, you you have a character called Orphan Maker, and they kill parents of some kids. Do you have any room to think that, they're good, that the kids would be orphans? Um. <laughs> Whatever. Uh. Together. I already said that. Uh, Nanny then placed the children into suspended animation in cold sleep coffins, reasoning that they could not be hurt or endangered in such a state. She intended to awaken these mutant children at a time when, the, when a time comes when she believes they would no longer fear need to fear per- persecution among the various others or. F- Nanny and the Orphan Maker captured Joey and Galen, the mutant nephew and niece of of Jean Grey, the the adventurer known as uh, Marvel Girl at this time. (coughs) Uh, Nanny, the Orphan Maker, and five young mutants under her mental control, including Joey and Galen, invaded Mr. Sinister's secret complex beneath a Nebraska orphanage to rescue the mutant children. He was holding captive there, including the mutants Cyclops' son. Christopher Summers, Dasani, Grace, Dayspring. Uh I was trying to make string more things together, but I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> remember all of his names. Uh, but There's yeah, Christopher many. Summers. Uh aka the child he left as soon as he figured out his ex girlfriend was alive again. <laughs> also cable. It's cable. Because because he married and impregnated the the clone of his ex girlfriend, then left her with no notes or anything to be with his ex- to be with his now alive girlfriend who used to be dead. I don't think
1: anyone's saying Cyclops is a good decision maker.
0: <laughs> I would say that Cyclops. Okay, let me let let me preface this before 2019. Cyclops was one of the worst. Now he's just a corny dad and technically has died many times on the page. So, because mutants are mortal now, because they can just be made again, Cyclops is actually pretty good right now. I like him. Like, (laughs) this made me to like Cyclops, and I was uh, one of those Cyclops was wrong people, like, before Utopia. Like, I was Cyclops was wrong, like, in 2010. Like, I'm just like, no, get Cyclops out of here. He's the worst. (laughs) So, very much the same thing. He's not the. Okay. Technically, Xavier is the worst. And a cl- really close second is Reed Richards.
1: I mean, really, all parents are the worst in this
0: universe. <laughs> well, okay. Sue Storm is pretty good. She's like, she's pretty well, good. <laughs> okay, yes, but. Yeah. But but no, Xavier, Xavier is like real bad. He's basically a villain in his own right. He brainwashed Wolverine into working for him when he's like, I mean, <laughs> they can retcon that all they want. I'm not going to forget that. <laughs> um, now, sorry, I got off on my tangent about how much I just really did it <laughs> like Oh, <Cyclops. laughs> no, that's a fair tangent. Oh uh, okay. <clears throat> here, Marvel Girl and Cyclops battled and defeated Nanny and the orphan maker, but Christopher and other babies whom Sinister made into his captives were instead carried off by the demons serving the. Well, by demon serving the demon master, Surpr- this the next. That's the next person we're talking about. The demon master.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, good timing.
0: It doesn't always happen, but it does happen sometimes. Um. In the meantime, uh, Nanny wanted to find the three babies taken from the orphanage by the demons. In the meantime, the orphan maker kidnapped Franklin Richards, the son of Reed and Susan Richards of the Fantastic Four, and brought them to brought him to Nanny. The Richards pursued Nanny's airship, forced it to land, but Nanny had placed Franklin under her mental control, put him inside an adult-sized armor suit. Now, she's, now she sent them to fight the parents. Nanny and the Orphan Maker fled their airship, but Susan, Storm, Susan Richards... I don't... She should... I know that's technically right, but no, I can't. <laughs> I, can, I can't. Even if... Okay, also... Reed Richards is being written okay right now, but like, but yeah, that's that's a temporary thing. It's Reed. <laughs> no, he's, he's t- really technically he did do a thing that I found pretty okay. So you know how like Marvel scientists only make their own problems. Uh, there was a little mini series called like I think it was like Fantastic Four Negative Zone. Um, <clears throat> he made his own problem because he basically uh, put a sphere with bacteria in the negative zone and, like, one of the zones that, like, had hyper time, basically, where, like, it ran really quickly and forgot about it. Um, That's a plot (laughs) point. He forgot about it. Um, And the... And, uh, it was trying to destroy them when they went into the negative zone the next time. Because it's like, oh, we're gonna map the negative zone a little bit, you know? Do do some adventure stuff. And, uh, guess guess who got a hold of the, the sphere that... Had all the bacteria that was evolving rapidly. And bacteria evolves really quickly in the first place. Um, <laughs> uh, it, w- it was the was The Nihilist is just like, yo, you know who really sucks? returns? <laughs>
1: um Yeah. Yeah, good old bug face.
0: I mean, to be fair, Annihilus Nihilist was right. I mean, he was 100% right. But, you know, he just makes his own problem all the time. You know, just. No, it's
1: very weird. Think eventually, just close the negative zone portal and stop going there.
0: Also, there's that one time where, like, his son, who is a god, um, was having nightmares and was creating a bunch of demons. And uh, instead of helping his son, uh, you know, not have that much fear and pain, um, in his life, you know, therapy, uh, he just locked all the demons. And it's like inside of this box that someone opened up, and then it almost killed, just almost killed all of New York. Yeah, and, know, uh, and and the great thing about it, his mom almost died, so re- and Franklin was just like, stop. He just yelled, stop, <laughs> and guess what happened? It ended, because he's a god. Um, <laughs> 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 like I like that his dad almost died, it. he didn't really do, but as soon as his mom got touched, he was like, no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Franklin Richards is the only reason we have a multiverse again. Him and Molecule Man, yeah. Molecule Man would like create the well. No, let me rephrase that. He would create the pocket dimensions for the the multiverse, and then Molecule Man would fill it with life. So pretty good. Read. I don't know. Just read more Franklin Richards. He's really cool. Um, one of my favorites. Uh, do Yeah, basically. Uh, nanny. And the Orphan Maker fled from their airship as Susan Richards trapped it with her first field, and the ship exploded. Nanny and the Orphan Maker, however, escaped, presume, presumably by teleportation. Then Nastor captured Franklin, but he was finally rescued by Sue Storm. After the events of Inferno, the members of X-Factor intended to return the babies stolen by Nastor's demon for use of his spell to their families. Nanny and Orphan Maker intervened, attempting to take the children for themselves. But they were defeated by X Factor. Nanny and the Orphan Maker escaped through teleportation. The members of the X Factor freed Joey and Gale from captivity in Nanny's airship. Since then, Nanny had decided that the X Men just that the X Men must be saved from the dangerous lives they lead. The end result of her involvement in the team remains to be seen. With with that team, yeah. So, um, so kind
1: of like a proto Excelsior in some ways.
0: So, uh, she is three foot tall. We don't know how much she weighs. We don't know what her eyes or hair look like. Is she she...
1: always three feet tall, or is that just the battle suit's fault?
0: We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. Do you know? Okay, Yeah. yeah. Um, strength level is this. Makes no sense. She's in a cyborg suit. But yeah, apparently she has normal you know, normal strength of a woman her size that does exercise, you know. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's not a
1: very good cyborg suit. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, Nanny is a mutant with a little of her telepathic abilities by subjecting a person to her pixie dust, which is a special chemical she had concocted. She can make that person feel more susceptible to control to her telepathic abilities. She oh. does a lot so of cyborg technology. Yeah. Uh, and she is a cyborg who is encased with an egg-shaped armored battle suit that contains a small jet propulsion system that enables her to fly for short distances and small missile launchers.
1: Okay, yeah. And see. I don't think you need a strength boost if
0: you've got missile launchers. No. I mean, just look at the U.S. Army. We have all the missiles. <laughs> um, And uh, she flies in a small but very fast airship of her, her own design. So. Okay. That is her deal. So, what do you have anything else to say about Nanny?
1: Yeah, I was getting some real weird uh, Peter Pan vibes through the whole thing. And then, just at the end, you said she uses Pixie Dust to mind control people, and I just...
0: <laughs> yeah. Really retroactively stealing Pixie's whole thing. Except she basically does, like, Angel Dust. <laughs> like, it's, it's a hallucinogen. Pixie's, like, one of my favorite. I, I love... Like, I just love the fact that she's like just half fairy, half mutant. It's real great. <laughs> also, she's like really. Also, she's. She could be one of the future Sorceress Supremes um, because she is good at magic. Also, she has a soul knife and. You know? It's yeah. nice to see someone who's good at magic for a change. Yeah, apparently. But, um, yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, she. Uh, is in a current r- a book right now called The Hellions, uh, which is um, which is basically a bunch of like X Men villains that are like they're deemed not good enough for Krokoan society, and they're trying to work their way back into good graces. Like they're basically mutants who killed other mutants after the Krakoan uh, nation state was made. I see. But, Sorry. Sorry, they're mutants who killed humans. Let's say that. So, because one of their roles is that the mutants can't kill humans unless in retaliation. Um, and it's led by uh, Havoc. Okay,
1: yeah. interesting. So, they sure do have a history with the word, huh?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I think also just like at a certain point, I just think Havoc is just a glutton for punishment. Like, he has to be. <laughs> like, he has the time to become the geologist he always wanted to be. He can finish his doctorate. He can finish it. It wouldn't be that hard, honestly. No, he has the time now. He's not being constantly chased after by people who want his good, good, like, cosmic radiation juice. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, you know, one of these days he's going to be a doctor and he's going to be happy. And I'm joking. That's never going to happen. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that's about it. So what do you have to plug?
1: Uh well you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket. And I'm on Etsy too, where I make chainmail. I'm at the Royal Mail, all one word, T H E R O Y A L M A I L L E. And uh I've got a bunch of pride stuff up for June.
0: Yeah, I need to get a, I need to get a um a a buy one. Oh yeah.
1: They're beautiful
0: colors. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite one. Um also I'm coming around I came around on uh a- on the MB flag, mostly because I realize it's the color of Waluigi, I'm just like, yeah, it's like <laughs> proud. <dude." laughs> so I'm not joking. Yeah, purple it and is. black
1: has always been my color scheme. I just didn't like that big yellow stripe.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, if you add if you add the yell, like I mean, just just that 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 yellow stripe, you know, just turn it into a no. And realize, Perfect, you know, yeah. it stands it stands for it stands for the the Luigi of the Waluigi part uh but yeah uh my name is jesse i have another podcast called creepy critters where me and my friend fiona read i'm sorry well me and my friend fiona uh do some research on cryptids and tell you about them um we're gonna be releasing episodes again um so that's a thing uh yeah so this has well if you want to support me uh you could do that multiple ways uh you can go to Patreon.com/slash-alphabetflight if you want to give me some money that'd be pretty great. Uh, you could also go to at @alphabetflight on Twitter and Instagram and share, review, and all that junk uh, to all your other to your friends. And uh, if you'd like to tell people, you know, outside of your friend group that you know where I'm worth listening to, uh, go on like iTunes and your podcast your choice and say, hey, this person doesn't suck. Uh so yeah this has been uh, Alphabet Flight and may count you protect you through all of your night travels good night